Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Time now for The Drive with Mark Ennis. Presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome into The Drive. I am your host today, Dave Skull, otherwise known as Biscuit or Biggest Biscuit or... Hey, move, you fat bastard. You know, whatever you want to call me, I, I take all kinds. Um, we will be, uh, Mark is still in Florida, and, uh, you know, we were having some connectivity issues, and we thought we just... We're just going to blame it on AT&T. Yeah, we're going to blame it on AT&T. We'll just, AT&T. We'll just fly solo, and, and uh, my friend Jeff Lightsey will be in joining us probably at the uh, bottom of the hour break. Hopefully, we'll get him in here, and we're going to have a good, fun Friday and end your week on a high note. How do you feel about that, Tanner? I'm pumped up. Yeah? You sound pumped up. I am. I mean, we got our baseball team. We're up 3-0. For now. For now. (laughs) We're all also 0-3, so anything is good right now for us. Everything's for now with the baseball team. Hopefully they get it turned around this weekend. They got two today, one tomorrow, and one on Sunday to uh, hopefully get some dubs, you know, on the board against St. Bonaventure. It's been a tough, uh, tough ride the first week of the season. We have lots to talk about today. I don't really know what I want to talk about this first segment because I have so much I want to talk to Jeff about. I love uh, doing shows with with Jeff, and and you know we have good conversations. And I, I you know I don't want to I don't want to talk about some of these things without him. But we're definitely going to touch on. Obviously, we're going to get into Louisville basketball. Say that with a certain tone in my voice. Obviously, we're going to well, talk about Louisville. Well, yeah, basketball. Well, what team now? Because <laughs> it's women's and yeah. then men's. It's women's basketball and then uh, men's basketball. The men have four regular season games left. Three of them in the Yum Center. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, with probably one ACC tournament game left, uh, since we are destined to play on the uh, the sad first day, um, we won't be enjoying a bye and certainly not a double bye. So we uh, we will be playing on the first day of that tournament, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got some some NBA, some KD to talk about today, just a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna spice it up just because that, that interaction was, that was kind was of a hilarious. Very funny video. Yeah, I have a podcast. <laughs> That's, I, I, I got You know, we could Tanner. You know, we could talk about this right now before before I even set up the rest of the show because this is not like a major topic that's going to take a half hour to talk about. I want to talk about the entire anatomy of this video, and then we can. This is a topic that we can get Jeff's opinion on later. But Katie's got a checkered past, you know, with with fans. Not like he's, he hasn't done anything wrong, but I mean, he has his ten thousand Twitter accounts uh, that he's, you know, that he's. Uh, he's been caught tweeting from you know and and he it's safe to say that he cares about fan opinion more than most and he yeah he, that's fair to he say. mixes it up not to say he does anything wrong really but uh it, it makes him a polarizing figure to some and obviously since he left okay see he's just been a big villain right and you know once he got beat by the 73 win warriors and defected to them it's like all right man that, it's hard to public him. public opinion on him. We'll say safely changed at that point. Um, so last night somebody called him a bitch on the way out of the the tunnel, and Katie immediately stopped. Uh, 
And I don't know what happened in the fans' minds when that happened. Like, is that what they wanted? Or were they like, oh. You know, like, oh, no. Oh, God, he's actually coming he's up. He's coming over. Oh, he hurt us? Oh, no. <laughs> and I don't know what the relationship of these two people were. I have no idea. But uh, two drunk fans. Their beers. Definitely intoxicated. Yeah. Having a conversation with Katie. And you can't hear most of it. But near the end, when, when it looks like Katie's about to break off, the guy is like, trying to smooth and leans over and says, hey, I, I have a podcast. I host a podcast about sports. And at that, that was the moment. I don't know what else was said, but that was the moment that Katie was just like, all right, I'm done with this conversation and turned around and walked away. But I guess the security guards afterwards were like, all right, you got to get out of here. And even Katie came up and he's like, no, 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 like, no And that's the thing. Like, people criticizing him about this. I think are wild because it's like, look, he told them not to throw the fans out. He was just, you know, sorry, he checked somebody that called him a, a name, you know. And it, it's but the fact that he was willing to sit there and have that conversation until the guy said, "I host a podcast about sports." He's like, "All right, I'm breaking this guy's an unserious cloud." Do you think that was? <laughs> do you think that was his master plan though? He's like, "All right, honey, I'm gonna call out Katie." That's going to get his attention real quick. <laughs> then I'm going to bring up my podcast. Maybe they'll get him on. But, no. <laughs> or or just like maybe I'll go viral and people are going to want to know about my podcast. Like, I would yeah. like to hear his podcast now. I hope would you really? I, would, I hope he's as drunk as he was last night on the mic. Are you sure you want to hear his podcast? I just want to hear one episode. 8150-939 is the phone number. We'll open up those phone lines in the second segment. 3831... 93.9 is the UPS Jobs text line. Uh, we will take your thoughts, and you can text in whenever. Uh, we have other things to talk about. The NFL salary cap is up $30 million, which is a massive deal. Um, did, you get, a lot of, did you get the text from Spencer? What? I just say, it's just me, to me and you. If baseball blows it, we blame McGavick. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah, right? What do you think we, we do, do that with softball? Night? Every time McGavick's <laughs> anywhere. For anything. Yeah. It's his fault if something happens. The entirety of the Kenny Payne era has been Matt McGavick's fault somehow. And Kenny Payne agrees. <laughs> Just letting you know that. Imagine um, how funny that would be. It was like, Kenny, what what went wrong in that game? Oh, Matt McGavick was in the stands. He's like, oh, I couldn't miss his, you know, big old head. <laughs> it sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> we love you, man. And I want to give a shout out before we get any further to... Matt McGavick, our buddy, who showed up along with Coach Lieberman and a bunch of other people came out to Noble Funk last night for the watch party. Tanner didn't come out. I, I had work. I'm sorry. I would have, though. I love that place, and I love you, Biscuit. I oh, like. I love Chrissy, too. I love women's basketball. It's awesome. It was well, It was an awesome crowd. I saw. Uh, I know you would have come. And it was a good game, It too. was a very good game. Georgia Tech, a uh, big one on the road. Uh, Sydney Taylor had the night of her of her Louisville career. She put up 31, uh, was unstoppable and just unconscious from the three-point line. But they played much better ball pressure defense. Uh, they moved the ball a lot better on offense. They had 11 assists in the first half. It was just a much cleaner, tighter performance and got a good one on the road in the ACC, and hopefully that sets up a nice closing kick where we have Virginia on Sunday, Florida State on Thursday, and then we're on the road in South Bend, against Notre Dame on the last day of the season. We will be having another watch party for that at Noble I'll try Funk. to make out. I'll, I'll try to make out yeah, for that one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, the crowd was awesome last time. Uh, we had some great beer, great food. They have really good pizza. Uh, and they're also running some specials. Uh, if you get a four or six-pack there right now, They'll give you a free draft of one of their big three beers. Uh, and also, they're having a three-year anniversary party on St. Patty's Day, or, or the day before, on Saturday, on the 16th, uh, where they'll have green beer, live music, and a, and a bunch of beer specials so and food specials. Uh, and they'll also be out at um, Tailspin Ale Fest, which is one of our favorite partners and one of the ones that we... Uh, one of the events that we love going to every year. So hopefully we'll see you out there and you'll see Noble Funk out there as well because they're really good people. It's a really awesome space, and it was an incredible time last night. We also have uh, some national college basketball stuff we want to talk about as well as kind of who we think are legitimate title contenders right now. Uh, I think that at this point in the season you get kind of the – 
the profile, you know, top 25 offensive efficiency, top 25 defense efficiency that generally fits almost every single national champion of the last 25 years in Ken Palm, um, with a couple of exceptions. But if you don't play offense and you don't play defense at a high level, if you don't check both boxes, you generally don't make the final four and you definitely don't Isn't it the thing win the it, national championship. It's like you have to be top 20 in offensive efficiency and then like top 35 in defensive efficiency. Yeah, the general rule and is top 25. And then you like can't have a coach. Or you have to have a coach that's like been a head coach for like five years. I've seen the whole like So the equation. guidelines, the guidelines for years was top 25 in each, but they've adjusted it a little bit to kind of catch the exceptions that there have been, you know, over the last 10, 15 years. And there is a certain profile that that fits who wins national championships. Uh, and it's it's relatively accurate. It's very accurate, actually. Um, so we'll have a conversation with Jeff Ginston here about that, about what that Kentucky-Alabama might look like this weekend. Um, I, for one, am very excited about the bye for men's basketball on Saturday because it's been – I guess look, it's first world problems, but it's been kind of uh, exhausting. Perfect way to put it. Right. First world problems. I don't want to watch my college basketball That's right. team play. Like, my, <laughs> like show me on the doll where your Finally. college basketball team hurts you. But it's like, yeah, look, I don't. I I go to almost all the games. Like I go to pretty much every. I feel like an obligation to go to most games. So when Louisville's really bad, Tanner. I don't have a good time. Oh, yeah, no. It's, not, it's not fun to go to these games. It's not fun to cover them. It's not fun to go there casually as a fan. It's not It's not fun in any way, shape, or form to watch your team get their ass beat by a, a subpar opponent. Yeah. I, was, Thank you for that. Yeah, Thank you for that. There's no other way to put it like that, though. It was, who are we, one and a half favorites? And I was like, hey, maybe Vegas knows something. Oh no, they were wrong. Imagine the react like would you have put a little bit of money down on Notre Dame if it was like, yeah, they're minus 5 and you've been like, all right, that's probably right. Like, but I didn't expect that to happen. I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't touched the lines uh very much on on Louisville basketball in a while. The last I've, one I did was Miami was minus 15 against us and I was like, hey, maybe. I've met, I've uh, we covered and we won. Somehow. I mean, I bet some but I've mostly been sticking to, to totals uh, of late just because we've kept pace with enough of the, the teams on our schedule and we've had a subpar schedule. Like we've had the dregs of the ACC down the stretch for the most part. That I, It's just hard to tell what team's going to show up on the other side of the court as much as our side of the court. Uh, so I'll, I'll mess with totals and that's about it. Although uh, with having the two guards back, I thought we would do it just a little bit better. I was just points. I was surprised that they were even playing. Like, wasn't it a broken rib for Sky? Yeah, and then concussion protocol with Tyler. Uh, Which look, concussion protocol is all it's 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 a time yeah thing. It's 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 a waiting game. Uh, you've got to make sure that you clear protocol, and a lot of that is when's the last time? Like when did the symptoms start? You know, and and everything, and you've just got to get out of protocol. But the the rib thing, I mean, we know that broken ribs, there's not a whole lot you can do about them except for pain medication and yeah. and not moving strenuously or not doing strenuous activity. Don't breathe. <laughs> and the man played with a broken rib. I got to give Sky a lot of credit for that because he played hard. Uh, you can't predict what's going to happen, whether you could make it worse, you could break another rib, whatever. Uh, but it's really just pain as much as anything that you're dealing with. When you play with a broken rib, and there's not anything on the table for this team except for pride, and he chose to play. So I mean, I, I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, but other than that, I mean, I guess we could start with Louisville basketball with the men. As far as getting into this stuff, the conversation hasn't changed, right? And I know that people are are, are getting sick of it at this point, but we're in the we're in the coasting to the end of the year stage where. There's nothing that can be done in the next four or five games, if you include the ACC tournament, that's going to change what's happening with Kenny Payne. The hay is absolutely 100% in the barn. It's a foregone conclusion what's happening. At this point, I think the theme has been, and I did a couple hours with uh, with Zach Cantrell earlier today on uh, Rabot & Co., 
And the theme has been pretty consistent since Wednesday when uh, our friend Jeff Lightstein, we'll talk to him when he gets here, uh, did that 12-minute spot on his uh, victory formation. You know, I had a little had a little webcast where he did kind of a 12-minute monologue on the state of Louisville basketball and where we are and how it's changed. And the thing that has changed more than anything is that it's it's the fan base seems to be unified at this point with very few, very few exceptions. Like I said earlier, they're like the Japanese soldiers that were on the remote islands that were in the tunnels fighting <laughs> World War II, you know, 12 years after the war was over. Um, with the exception of them, everybody's on the same page. We all know what's going to happen. And the conversation has, has shifted almost completely to who. And look, we've been, we've been doing Coach Search Radio in bits, in pieces in the last couple of months because we know what's what's on the horizon but we don't really turn the page all the way until you know the end of the season but we're we're at that point right now like we're talking candidates we're we're we're, we're doing pros and cons you know we're figuring out who's going to be the next guy that's going to lead this program because this era is over and it was an abject failure uh, i think we're all comfortable with saying that right now even the most ardent kenny Payne supporters are pretty much they have acknowledged that nothing has gone right in the last two years and we're at the point where we need to make a change so uh we'll get into that a little deeper but i felt like wednesday was one of those moments where if you were holding on to something if you were holding on to any kind of possibility and i think we've had a lot of these moments but there's there's like uh it's layers to it right where the kentucky game was most of the fan base, like after last season, there was a fair amount of the fan base that was done. But most people were like, look, reasonably, you have to give them a little bit more time. Like I'm not, I don't think that there's a lot of hope this is going to turn around, but you got to give them time, you know. Then the the Kentucky Wesleyan exhibition loss took some more people out. They're like, all right, I'm done. I can't get back into this. And then Kentucky happened. And like, look, what are we doing? It's time. And right now we need to to turn the page so we can – we can change the conversation right now. And I was in that group at that point, and I 100%. And that shrunk the ball a little bit more, you know, of, of the, the amount of people that were still willing to give this a shot. Um, and then there was a couple of – the game on Saturday felt like the bottom for a lot of people. We're just like, all right, we're, we just got drugged by 27 by a decent pit team. A not bubble good, team type decent, yeah. pit team, you know, but not a quad one wins, but not a great special. Nobody that should be beating us by 27. But that felt different because it's pit, not just it's symbolic to a lot of people because pit has been the bottom of the ACC for several years. And it was a team we used to beat like a drum regularly. And now we're losing to them by 27. And then Notre Dame comes in. The only thing stopping Notre Dame from being the worst team in the league basically is us. Right. But the difference between Notre Dame and Louisville, there's one striking difference, is that they defend. They do. They don't have the talent. They're very young. Their top two leading scorers are freshman guards. One but there's being the something, coach's son. Right, one being the coach's <laughs> son, but he's actually good. How does that, how does that work? <laughs> I want to know. Right. Cal <laughs> Perry couldn't even do it. <laughs> but look at right. But looking at, at – their profile, this was the type of season that would have been acceptable for Kenny last year. Like, they're not good. You know, they struggle to score. It's not what we want. The talent level isn't there. But, man, I can see them buying into principles and playing the type of game that their coach wants them to play. Like, when's the last time have we ever seen Kenny's teams impose their will or style of play on somebody else, really? I was gonna say Georgia Tech, but like that game was maybe like the the first ten minutes of that game, I thought I was watching the worst basketball game I've ever seen. <laughs> Just the amount of missed shots. That's not the like when you say that's the worst basketball I've ever seen played. Like you have to be more specific. It's that's the sad part. Uh, you have to be more specific with this team, right? Like you might be talking about Georgia Tech. Yeah. You might be talking about you know, whatever. We Fourth won State. that game. I know, um, but you can see the difference between the struggles of, of Louisville and the struggles of Notre Dame where it's like, you know what? They don't have the, the horses yet, but he can get them to play his style of, of play. He gets them to buy in defensively. They know what their coach wants them to do. 
and they execute it to the best of their abilities. Now they don't have enough offensive talent. Uh, they get run out of the gym often. You know that it, it can still happen, but they're on a three-game lo- winning streak right now, as one of the worst teams in the league. And obviously, it's against not good teams: Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Louisville. But they're getting the job done against teams that are bad. What does that word "winning streak" mean? I haven't heard it heard that word in like three, four years. <laughs> it's now. been a while. Hasn't yeah, it? it's been a while. But uh, it's been a while. That's the, uh, the that's the drop every time. <laughs> but that's that's the difference. Like you can see the difference between a, a team that's bought into their coach's philosophy and a team that doesn't know what their coach's philosophy is uh, at this point. And we're at the end of year two. We don't have to exhume the body. You know, we don't have to continue an autopsy. But that's what happens. I said earlier today. I, I did a couple hours with Zach, and I don't want to repeat myself too much, but. When you don't take care of the problem in December, it becomes just a two or three month autopsy, you know, and we just keep talking about the same stuff over and over again. What's the cause of death? I don't know. If we keep talking about it, we can find more, you know, we're just have a list, you know, a hundred items long, but it just turns out that the, the easiest way, the shortest way to, to sum it up is the cause of death is Kenny Payne. And it hasn't been a success and it's time to move on. And we're all finally on the same page with that. Like whether whenever you got there, it really doesn't matter. If you got there right after uh, Lenoir Ryan, if you got there at the end of last season, if you got there yesterday or Wednesday night, I got there after we lost to Bellarmine first game last year. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a close game, but I was like, "We'll squeak out a win." Nope, nope. Here's the thing: "Eh." like, and I I tell people, like, there's been red flags all along. Oh yeah, there was red flags at the introductory press conference. In retrospect. Because at the time, I, I, I was sitting there going, you know, he's being deferential to the Dolan family by saying they had to convince him to come to Louisville, right? They're not, being deferential. Like, it's out of respect that he's that he's talking about it this way. Not the best family to pay respect to. Too. Well, if you work for them and they're paying you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but no, like out, of, out of respect for the Knicks organization, we'll put it that way, that he was talking that way. And then it became apparent relatively soon. You're like, no, I really think that he didn't want this job. <laughs> but... <laughs> Like the last, the first off season when he did nothing to turn over the roster. You know the the obviously the loss to Lenoir Ryan and the awful start of the season at one and nine. You know, and then you throughout last season and the way he talked, like the the final blow for me. Even though I talked about it quite a bit along the way, and there's my man Jeff Lightsey coming in right at the right time. Um, we uh like along the way, we had different kind of uh, tent poles where we talked about the red flags for the Kenny Payne era. And the one that was kind of the last straw for me, even though I didn't feel great about it all throughout his first year, the thing that really was the last straw for me as we get my man, Jeff Lightsey uh, connected here. You guys can hear me. Can Look hear at you. that. I can hear you. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I can hear you. You're good. good. How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm excited we got you in today. Yeah, I'm excited to be in I mean, here. Look, I've been harassing him, trying to get him on the radio for the last two weeks with me, and he's just... Uh, you know, he's got more important things like work, <laughs> whatever, you know. Who needs to do yeah. that? Hey, you know, it is what it is. I can't hear anything in these headphones. But, I know, it's you know, just, making it work. We're, we're making it work. We're going we're, we're gonna to do our best here. We're going to do our best. Uh, are you turned up all the way over there? Yeah, yeah. We, we'll figure it out. Is that better? But it's all good. No, we're gonna it's all good. Look, I can hear you. So that's we got. We that's all that matters. <laughs> we got a break in a few minutes. We yeah. can we can work with it and see if we can't turn you up back back there. But uh, yeah. So we were just talking. We were referencing the you know the video you made on Wednesday and kind of how we all we saw that theme. I think Ty Spalding said it too, and a few other people where it's like it feels like yeah everybody's finally on the same page with Kenny. And whether you got here this week, yeah, or you got here. <laughs> Along their way, uh, you know, <laughs> Lenar Ryan, or you got here, Kentucky Wesleyan, Kentucky, whatever, four twenty eight, or so many you know, DePaul twenty point loss, or you, t- you uh, right. Chattanooga, whatever you, I mean, it, there's I so mean, many, and, and I was just about to say, like, so look, many exits you could have got there off, a lot of exits, and, but I think exits. this was the final one. I think this, this is, is you know the last call when I said last call, or if the you're last not broken by now, you're never going to be broken. Yeah, exactly. I, the way yeah. I've I've talked about it the, today. And the two shows I've been on is that, you know, there's there were Japanese soldiers on some of the remote islands that were fighting World War II like 12 years after it was over <laughs> in the caves because nobody told them it was over. Yeah. You know? And I feel like those are the those are the guys. Like, yeah, there's going to be some Kenny Payne dudes that are never going to get off. The, they're never going to stop fighting World War II, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. but 
there's been a thousand different times that you could get off the exit, mm. like I said, get off the highway, get off the Kenny Payne Expressway. And I, I, I said it during the year last year. Where I was like, man, I, I hope Kenny's the guy, but I just don't see it. Yeah, I just. I've never seen such a breakdown and such a lack of principles and such a lack of defensive principles. Like I just, it doesn't look like he's coaching. It doesn't look like he he's got a handle on the job, you know. And yeah. what was really the the last like stake in the heart for me, where it was like, yeah, I, I'm my sneaking suspicions or my the red flags are all there and they're justified. Was how he spoke about year one. There it is. Yeah, there it is. During the summer, like yeah. uh, during during the 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 postseason press conference when he said, "I'm not going to fire any of my assistants." How dare you ask me that? Basically, yeah. you know, and and just his entire just I wash my hands of season one. That wasn't my fault. Yeah. And everyone outside of the program is staring at him, going, "Dude, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. <laughs> like we can we can allow you all of the like." I'll, I'll, I will, I guess Bob would say, I will grant you your argument that, you know, you had the cloud, you had all this, 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 and that, but nobody forced you to keep this roster. Mm-mm. You know, you could have flipped it like Jerome Tang did with a bunch of guys that weren't top 50 transfers. Yep. There's a lot of guys in that portal that could have helped you. Mm. Um, the worst possible basketball I could have imagined didn't come close to what we saw with, with Kenny Payne in, in, in that first year. And just my experience in my life, and I'm sure you're the same way. That's not what leadership looks like. No. No. You blame yourself first, and then you figure out the solution. But you, everything's on you. Absolutely. When you're the man in the big chair, everything's on yes. you. Yes, and you're absolutely right. And the thing about that is that the tone didn't change this year. Like this year now, right. as we heard in this most recent press conference, it's it went from I don't have my guys last year to uh, I have my guys, but they're just young people. You know, young people, young people, young people. Now it's just like. It's like every time he steps to the podium, I get a new low. It's a new because something. it's like I'm like, bro. It's like it's February, like, man. Like they, yes. they're not freshmen anymore. First no. of all, by by our accepted yes. prevailing wisdom in college basketball, by late January, your freshman players should be playing like sophomores. Absolutely. And everybody else in the country has guys that are young too. Like that's, it's just you can't blame AAU ball in late February, man. Can't do it. Because if you haven't gotten the AAU out of them by February, you're not the guy. You're not. You're not the guy. I mean, come on. If if you're still blaming, and here's the thing: we only have two freshmen that, or three freshmen that really play. There's Caleb, there's Ty Lore, and there's Curtis. So they're like, and if you're talking about getting the AAU ball out of Trey White, who was a second year sophomore, or Sky Clark, who was a second year sophomore. Or Brandon, who's a third-year junior. Or, yeah. you know, like, that's a problem. Yeah. Like, that's a problem, which some of these guys have had multiple years. Brandon's had multiple years in your uh, system. Trey, once again, has had multiple years in college basketball. Same with Sky. There shouldn't be AAU tendency still in them. Like, that should be gone. And if they there aren't gone, you're just making a more of an indictment on yourself. Like, little do you know by saying these things – you're not making us say, oh, yeah, I can't get – Coach, you're right, man. The AAU system sucks. We know it sucks. Yeah. But two years in it, this shouldn't still be affecting your team because you know why? It's not affecting the other teams that you're playing. It's not because they're dealing with the same yeah. crop of AAU guys, the same crop of college guys, the same crop of everybody. Every coach in America is dealing with it. The AAU system in Texas is not different than the one in Kentucky. It's not different than the one in California. So, therefore, all of these teams in the ACC, the Carolinas, the Dukes, the whoever, they're dealing with the same issues. And guess what? They're going up to those podiums, and if they get beat or if they lose, especially a game they're not supposed to lose, Coach Hubert Davis or whoever goes up to the podium and says, man, that's on me. Yeah. We got to practice better. We got to play better. We got to do And if these guys can't do it, I got to get guys that can't. And you know what? We respect that because you know who did that at the beginning? He set the tone. Michael Strewsbury. He did. He set the tone. He said, oh, my guys are not playing. And guess what? They're not playing the way they should. I know he never said it, but he's like, it's understood. We're talent deficient. Okay, that's fine. But nobody's going to make an excuse for me. Nobody's going to make an excuse for this team. At the end of the day, they see Notre Dame across the front of your jersey. Just like when you're Louisville, they see Louisville. I mean, yeah, they see right, the record, peace. but at the, yeah, like yeah. you're still Louisville, yeah. and so it's like we're not making any excuses for you. And so Strewsbury said he set the tone. He was like, "Man, and if these guys won't play the way that I want them to play, then we'll go to compliance and make sure we find them a happy home that because right. we want that's not acceptable here. That's all we wanted was our coach to take that type of responsibility from the beginning, and it just hasn't been there. And that's been the sad out like losing is the worst part, but but the saddest part has been." The lack of responsibility, the lack of integrity, the lack of saying, hey, 
I've messed this up. And little, I mean, whether he wants to admit it or not, this was a grand opportunity for Kenny Payne. It was. And he, and he messed it up, man. He just it messed it up. It was the opportunity. Yes. And, 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 I, and I know I say I'm not sure he. this was what he was yes, building towards in that, his career. Yeah. I've said that, and I, and I still stand by that. Well, we'll never know because he, he don't want to talk to us. <laughs> And after the season's done, <laughs> he's like, I don't know if anybody will ever tell the story of this season properly. Well, we'll never see him in this city. No, 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 no. He'll never no. be in this city He'll ever Which again. sucks because he's a national champion and he's one of our own. But, man, oh. like, there was nothing that disappointed me more because it was it convinced me that he, he was not going to find a solution. When he washed his hands of responsibility, that was just the moment where I was like, like I was pretty sure you you weren't the guy at this point, but I had the door open. Like I want to be wrong, and then once he he was just basically like I, nothing I could do. And when you ask him, is there anything you would have done differently? No. And I was Come just on. like, all right, man. Like this is it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Slam that door shut. Like well, you know, I I'm we're gonna play the games, but man, I doubt it. <laughs> like I just don't see it happening. And, and the one thing I, I did in that video you referenced is I. You know, I made it abundantly clear. I was a Kenny Payne guy from the jump yeah. for multiple reasons. Yeah. But even after 4 and 28, I mean, I, 4 and 28, it had me looking like, mm, I don't know. But if I wanted him to succeed, know, trust me. Trust me, I, I did. So yeah. bad. But 4 and 28, I was like, mm, I, I haven't seen a coach come back from this, but okay, let's, let's see what we can yeah. do. And to utilize the portal, but to utilize the portal only for young guys. To utilize the portal, but to only utilize it for young guys and then a couple of guys we just had no clue who they were right it was like okay on the, on the roster management yeah. brother like i i, <laughs> I was like okay you know i, I hope these Karan freshmen and danilo yeah, yeah like i hope these freshmen are as good as you know as good as advertised yeah. because if they aren't they might be in some trouble and of course we're in some trouble so that's we're in what some trouble that's that's an understatement at this point jeff um that's Jeff Lysey. I'm Dave Skull. We are rolling here on the drive in for Mark Ennis. Uh, it is time for our bottom of the hour break, but we are going to come back on the other side. we got all kinds of stuff to talk oh, about, man. man. I love it. We're going to have a fun Friday. <laughs> this is The Drive on 93.9. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now here's Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. And Jeff Lightsey Jr. Welcome back into The Drive. I'm your host, Dave Skull, along with my good buddy, Jeff Lightsey Jr. For now, I don't know if they might try to take it from me again. Like Our buddy, James Black, who... By the way, is the MVP around here for oh, yeah. a reason. What up, Quinn? He's the, he's the man. He, he keeps this place running. Just came running in here, and he was going to take him over to 680. <laughs> and he might still do it. I don't know. Like We're, we're on, we're we on hold no, right now. We have no idea. We're in a holding pattern. He might come snatch him at any moment. But for now, we've got my friend Jeff Lightsey in here. 
is the phone number. 3831-939 is the UPS Jobs text line. Uh, we've got Josh who waited through the break. Can we bring Josh in real quick? Welcome into the drive, Josh. How you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. It says so, here that you're pissed. <laughs> you guys you guys are like, hey, red flags. When did I know this wasn't going to go well? Dude, I'm not like a soothsayer or anything, but I'm going to tell you, like, the day that Kenny – before the first season when he says, you know, this isn't going to be win or lose. That wouldn't be fair to me or these kids. This has got to be win or learn. And, dude, <laughs> I was Corporal Hicks in Aliens when he's like, we're dead. We're dead. Put her in charge. It's over, man. Like, immediately. I'm like, that's, we can't. We, but that mentality to me demonstrated what I was afraid of with this. And, and again, I'm not, I, I wanted him to be successful. I still, I, man, if he could have a great turnaround, whatever, that'd be awesome. But it ain't going to happen. So we should have all known in 2012 when he was the associate head coach at the University of Kentucky. They won a national title. And he could have gone to most position vacancies in the country at that point that the man just doesn't have the drive to be a Division One head coach. He's extremely knowledgeable. He seems like an extremely good person. And I honestly feel bad because I feel like he probably kind of got roped into this by some of the members of the Louisville basketball alumni who are kind of powerful business associates. And I don't know that Kenny really wanted to be here, man. And it, uh, I, do feel, I do feel bad for that, but my God, it's got to change. Hey, I appreciate the call, Josh. Yeah, look – we we talked about some of those like pre first season yeah. red flags and especially in retrospect you know and look those those platitudes those those coachisms you never want to hear them you know and especially from somebody who's unproven but to his point you know how I've been with with his coaching history where I'm like look it's not just that assistants can't be head coaches it's not that Mm-mm. it's not that because Tommy Lloyd you know. Uh, uh, drum tang. tang, yeah. There's a lot of examples long back time there. Assistance. Even Shrewsbury, long time right? Assistant at Purdue. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, they all start somewhere, you <laughs> know. And a lot of times they start at, at high major programs like Tommy Lloyd. But they prepare for the position yes. wherever they're at. They're preparing for that job. They have the ambition. That is what they're aiming for. And Kenny was, you know, he works with shoe companies for a while, and then he was a assistant at Oregon nike school and then went on to kentucky and the reputation he had was not as like a you know uh aerobic was the excellent of those guys you know uh, uh orlando antigua was more of the recruiting guru yeah. and kenny Payne was was often viewed as the good cop yeah. you know and the relationships guy and he worked with the big men you know but he he often was was a one-on-one guy who you know after cal perry played bad cop you know he played good cop and no wonder all the players liked him so much and then instead of taking the opportunities that he had, as Josh pointed out, or the DePaul head coaching job, you know, or any of those situations that, that were presented to him, he went off and, and worked for the Knicks yeah. in the NBA, which during the most pivotal time college sports, in college sports ever, yeah. those two or three years he was gone, he was working with the Knicks in the NBA, and I'm not sure what his capacity was a lot of people just say, well, Julius Randle was, was his capacity, but <laughs> or, it, or all the other UK guys, right. Kevin Knox, and Julius Randle quickly, all those four guys, or five of them. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, it's just you, guys that want these type of jobs are intentional with their career moves. Yes. And we just never saw that with him. And it's not to pile on him. I just don't think that this was his goal. And, and think about all the, cause I, I've never really dove into the coaching candidate thing. But think about even the guys that you're thinking about now who could replace them. These yeah. guys are either already at high major coaches or are doing that those exact steps we talked about, like to where you lend yourself to get ready and prepare for a job like Louisville or a yeah. job like Ohio State or whatever. You know what I mean? Like so, the guys like the Musselman, high level coach now. The guys like Nate Oates, high level coach, but he didn't. All, they weren't always there. They were at smaller schools before. In Musselman's case, the NBA before. Yeah. So you you do things to prep yourself. For a place like this, because a place like this is not like everywhere else, yeah. as we've seen with Chris Mack. Like, it's not that Chris Mack couldn't coach. Chris Mack could coach. But this place requires more than just coaching. Yeah. Like, you're you're essentially the man, the big man on campus. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you be are a the guy. You're, yeah, a fa- you're a face of a program. You, you are know? the guy. The people want to see you. They want to touch you because they support and love this program, and specifically this program, men's basketball. Louisville men's basketball supported like no other program on campus. 
not just from a fan perspective, but also from just a reach perspective, just a, a nationwide reach. Like Louisville's not the biggest brand as far as reach, but the only reason why they're even a brand in a lot of cases is because of men's basketball. Like people know because they're the only team to really like win national championships and put guys in the NBA and do a bunch of pros and make a bunch of money and stuff. And and then a lot of those guys end up back here too. That makes it even more of a thing. So the the brand and the reach comes from men's basketball. And so that's why the coach is more than just the X's O's on the court. It's everything you do outside of the facility as well, just as much as the execution and the wins on the court. 100%. You can't just coach basketball here. You can't do it, but you would have liked to see him. Like, there's the there's the in between job. Whether you're taking a, a small co- college head coaching job, yeah. or you're you're going to be the first chair somewhere, you know, where you have an all encompassing assistant job as opposed to, it seemed pretty, you know, uh, um, compartmentalized at Kentucky. At yeah. least more. So not saying that everybody didn't have on the court responsibilities. They did, but you know, like it was pretty well known. I get that from my UK media friends. I'm not making that up. You know, yeah. like that's not from an outsider's perspective. That's from the people I know that were close to the program. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, like that's, that's, that's always been my theory about it. And, and I wish him the best, but I, I hate to, to say, like, I, I don't think he's ever going to want to be around, you know, and oh, I don't know why would you? you know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't know what, if if ever he ever comes back for an, a reunion, you know, down the line, I I hope so, but I mean I can't hold out that kind of hope. Well, I made this I made this comment uh, uh, like on my show last week. It was that in this was before the Notre Dame loss, but to see because I'm 28, and so a lot of people around my age and and even Young. younger, of course, <laughs> they don't like they don't know Kenny Payne outside player, of this. Yeah. yeah, outside of the, his tenure as yeah. like I can read that Kenny Payne was on the 86 championship and I can see the pictures of Kenny Payne playing or the shoe uh it's not a lot of video but whatever WHAS sure. 11 has in their archives or I can read that he was a first round pick in 89 but I wasn't born in 95. Yeah. So I don't know all I can re- do is read and listen to other people say it. The only Kenny Payne that I know is the assistant at UK, assistant for the Knicks and now this tenure as a head coach. Right. And the reason why it, it's it, I don't ever really see him coming back is because the people my age and younger or my age or roughly around my age, a little bit older, like they don't want to see Kenny Payne back. I mean, they don't, like they, I mean, if this is the, all I have to associate with you is 12 wins in two years, I don't want to see you back. <laughs> I mean, you can you don't have to come back. And it sounds bad, but it's the truth. Because and, and if you don't believe me, just get on social media. 12 wins does not get you a warm, resounding welcome for a guy who won a national championship, was a first-round pick at your university. So it's you unfair, don't think but in, it's the truth. You don't think in 2048 we're going to have a 25-year reunion for the 4-20 and 20 <laughs> oh, oh, Worst team of Louisville history right there. Worst Everybody ever. Like, woo! Hey. Woo! We got to do it. Woo-woo-woo-woo Arsenio Hall. Get the woo-woo-woo. Get the dog pound going. Nah, man. We're not doing that at all. Like, I mean, because that's the thing. In retrospect, the Fabio old... Basile, you remember this guy? <laughs> like, Devin Ree. Yeah, Devin Ree. Oh, man. It was supposed to They're come be in and change makers. life. Like, what is going on? And, and these guys might be a gazillionaire by then. But guess right. what? Their time at Louisville was not what we expected. And, and, that, and that's... And that's it's funny to laugh at now, but it's unfortunate because especially if you get the next guy into home run, yeah. which we which almost has to be. If the oh, next it has guy, to be, yeah, yeah, with the next guy, if the next guy, whoever that may be, if he's a home run, like this will be a blimp on the radar. Like man, like people are like, oh man, where did Louisville come out of? In nowhere. It's like yeah. no, <laughs> we came out of the dreads of misery, yeah. including the worst stretch in our history of our program to get to this, and that is what's going to be unfortunate. For the Kenny Payne era, because it will be always looked upon as the worst yeah. period in the history of it. And that's not just for people my age. That's just all time. Like, we're talking about back to the 40s. Like, you hadn't had these, this word bad of a team or bad of team consecutively since the 40s. And that is what's unfortunate for Kenny. But at the same time, nobody did it but yourself. Like, you did it to yourself. And that will, and unfortunately, all the great things that he did as a player at the University of Louisville will be overshadowed yeah. by his tenure as a coach. And it's just the way it works. And it's unfortunate. But that's why I don't think we'll ever see him in the city after this season is over ever again. Fabio Basile. <laughs> Bob, welcome into the drive. How we doing, man? Doing pretty good, guys. How are you all? Oh, we're great. What you got? Well, uh, I am. Uh, I was on the Shaka Smart uh, um, 
you know, the, looking for him. But but I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going to be really interested in watching uh, Kentucky versus Alabama because uh, I really like uh, the thought of Nate Oates and think we could get him. Uh, we, uh, you know, we we have a. I think he's got a big buyout, uh, yeah, not as much as Mick Cronin, uh, but um, you know, he coaches at Alabama. Alabama's always going to be a football school, and they play in a 12,000-seat arena. And, you know, if this guy wants to, to coach and be the guy, then, you know, that Louisville is, is the place. Ohio State isn't that. And and I think we could live with uh, you know get NATO and, and and we still will have us our successful football program too. I, I just uh, I just hope uh, the more I hear about NATO, uh, the better, uh, and the more interested I am. And uh, you guys are going to be talking a lot about candidates over the next few weeks. Oh, yeah. I tell you. <laughs> all right. Well, let's see what you all think about that. Appreciate the call, Bob. Yeah, look, Jeff, I don't know how you feel about it. Nate Oates is, is at the top of my list right now, or very much close to it. Uh, he's my top of the list. Uh, he's the one who uh, I think checks the most boxes. I think he would get the most fans on board immediately as far as the attainable yeah. candidates, I yes. think. Um, I love the way they play. You know, they, he understands modern analytics and the shots that are worth what, you know, the shots that are worth taking uh, at this point. Uh, obviously, Adjusted defensive efficiency, not great. It's in the 70s. Uh, that's the one downside to it, but, man, can they score. Yeah. And their best teams, you would hope they would have years where their defensive efficiency was better. But, man, he understands modern basketball and where this is going. Uh, and his teams are exciting. They can score. And five of his top seven players are transfer portal additions that, you know, yeah. over the last two years like they're not all one-year guys but i mean uh uh sears i think estrada nelson uh they're all they're all transfer portal guys i mean he understands modern basketball he understands how to build the roster and how to execute and you laid it all out there and he's and he doesn't neglect high school either no and we he gotta remember the number two overall pick brandon miller brandon with miller, alabama yeah. he played for nate oates like so he can recruit on both fronts he knows how to hit the portal really hard he can also and brandon miller's not like from alabama he's from tennessee right so he can go into different states and recruit top of the line five-star guys that end up being one and done and brandon miller's in the running for rookie of the year so and he's doing that but we in all know alabama. Who's gonna win that yeah i mean yeah, we know he's gonna win it but i'm saying he's in the running you know he's in the running but at the same time he's doing all that at alabama where nick saban was king where football is always going to be king where kellen DeBoer is coming in off a national championship He's able to do that at a place like here. There's no disrespect to Jeff Brown. But, I mean, come on. Like, I mean, Louisville basketball playing that style, getting those type of players, whether it's transfers or NBA type of guys. And and Brandon Miller's not the only NBA guy. Like, no, he's, no, no. he's recruited a ton of guys that come through Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and end up in the NBA. Yeah. First round lottery picks. And he's doing it at Alabama. Put him in that arena. I downtown. mean, with those yeah. people, that fan base, that NIL collective. I mean, you're telling me you can't do some like that is a great Nate Oates is a great hire. I I also this is why I haven't really got to naming my candidates because as we know, March there's always someone that emerges. Sure. When March comes, there that's when superheroes are made. That is when like this is why we found out about the Dusty Mays, the Jerome Tangs. They they made their names in March, right after one year after doing yeah. some amazing stuff. So I think there's going to be a coach. Maybe we're already talking about him. But and maybe it is Nate Oates. Maybe it's Josh Shirts. It, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe maybe he has a run with Indiana State. So, and that puts you, know. you on the map in yeah. a different type of light. When you make that run in March and when you make, you know, guys become household names in March, there'll be someone who we aren't, maybe we've already mentioned before but aren't talking about as much, but they make it a Sweet 16 run or an Elite 8 run or, Lord forbid, a Final Four championship game run, and their name starts creeping up towards that top of the list. And a lot yeah. of people was like, oh, I didn't even think about that guy, but. Dang, they they play an exciting brand of basketball, and that would work at this place. At this place, yeah. No, like uh, the biggest concern with Josh Shirts is is that man. He, uh, you know, he just hasn't he doesn't have a long history in mm. at Division One. Yeah. You now, obviously, he went to three Final Fours in Division Two. Yeah. Uh, he built a program from from nothing. 
uh, and he obviously can coach the game, but you know, can that translate to the Division One level? And he's doing it at Indiana State, and I think his third year. Yeah, you know, and and if he was to make a run, I think he would quell a lot of people's insecurities or, or apprehensions about him. Same with like an Otzelberger at, at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, we already like what Dusty May has done at at Fort Atlantic, and if Indiana doesn't fire Mike Woodson this year, maybe he's a candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you would always side-eye Indiana in that situation. I know Ohio State's probably going to be interested in him, too. Yeah. Yep. Um, Sean Miller's name coming around, up a lot around the Ohio State it game. Is. And even, but, I don't know if it's just Jeff Goodman doing him, his friend a favor, <laughs> but Chris Mack is out there a lot, too. Um, let's go I ahead. think so. Chris Mack is going to get hired by somebody. Too. I think he will. I think he will. I, I mean, don't know who, but I think he's going to get And maybe he'll do well somewhere else. I don't know. If Miller um, leaves Xavier, I think Mack's going back to Xavier. Which if they want him, because they, they would rehire Sean Miller, they do it again. I, I think, think they would. Right, and I think Ohio State would be more interested in a Sean Miller than a Chris Absolutely. Mack. Give him that job again, and Chris Mack backfills that. It only makes so much sense. Let's go ahead and squeeze Damien in here before the break. Damien, welcome into the draft. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, I just want to say I think the, the one fallout from the Kenny Payne um, disaster, if you want to say, is that the amount of of vitriol that has been spewed by, you know, people. I mean, I just, you know, I, I think the thing that was the, the tipping point for me last year was three games in when we were 0-3, and, and, you know, when people called into the sh- into the and said, hey, you know, we're, we're seeing red flags here. A lot of people, uh, particularly on Marcus and Steve's show, were, were shouted down and called foolish and stupid. And I think that that narrative, really messed with a lot of fans that were trying to point out the red flags with Kenny. So I think that when the smoke clears from all this and Kenny is is, is finally fired, I think it's going to take a long time for this fan base to really heal from that fracturing that was done by people that tried to push an agenda of trying to keep Kenny here. Because we all saw the red flags with the roster management, with him never taking responsibility, from him throwing players underneath the bus. I mean, and... As I said, when these when these things were pointed out, people were were shouted down. So I just feel like that, you know, as me as one of those fans that was shouted down and made to feel like I was stupid, you know, because I'm pointing these things out. It's going to take me a while for me to 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 forgive those people that that did that that basically just you know that that hurt people like me. And you know, I'm not, that's not me trying to whine about it. That's me just stating a fact. You know, I've been a local fan my whole life. And for you to question my fan credentials because I see that this is a disaster, you know, I think that that is going to cause a lot of those fans that were felt they were treated that way to not want to uh, have a kumbaya moment, I guess you could say, with those fans. You know, let's put it all behind us. No, I'm sorry, we're not. We're gonna we're gonna remember how people acted towards us. So that's all I just want to say. I think that's one of the big horrible fallouts from this whole hire. Uh, thanks for taking my call, and just, you know, hopefully three more weeks and this will all be over. And thanks for taking my call, Biscuit and Jeff. Y'all do wonderful on the shows. Thank you, sir. Appreciate, Appreciate the call, Damon. Yeah, and I think we'll uh, we'll address that on the other side here. Uh, we got to hit our uh, top-of-the-hour break. Uh, this is The Drive. I'm Dave Skull. That's Jeff Lightsey on 93.9 The Ville.